This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cool Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grow New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and close to us, sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan, I'm your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 170 of Fireside. It is another little milestone for the podcast as we move into a new decade of episodes and indeed a new saga for this week. Uh, Today on the Irish storytelling podcast, we return to our old friend Fionn McCool and his warrior band the Fianna as we begin our look at a new saga which is the great battle of Ventry Harbour but before that a very big welcome to any new and indeed returning listeners to this podcast if you're a returning listener as always thank you so much for your continued support If you're a brand new listener, this is actually a great episode to listen to for the first time. Uh, See what you like. If you like it, why don't you head right back to the very beginning, uh, over a hundred and now 170 episodes ago, and see what we've been building up to on the journey of Fireside over the last three and a half years. Uh, Ways you can support this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at FiresideBard. Or you can email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Those are the best places to get in touch if you want to message me with any inquiries, be it business or personal, even just to say hi. You can, of course, tell a friend you're enjoying this podcast. It's a great way to keep Fireside spreading as far and wide around the globe as it can. You could, if you'd like the work, you could buy my poetry book, Garden Sea, a neo-myth of home, which combines, which is my look at the religion, history and mythology of Ireland and of my home county of Wicklow, together with my own experiences of growing up there. You can buy that in paperback from the Headstuff website or in Kindle version from Amazon. The links are always in the description below of the episodes and the final way you can support the podcast directly is by joining Headstuff Plus over at headstuffpodcast.com where for as little as five euro a month although you can pay more if you so choose you can gain access to bonus material not just for Fireside but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network and there are more of them each and every month those are all the cells out of the way now we can get down to the meat and two veg let's get down to the story This is one that's been on the horizon for a good long while. Uh, It escaped our original look at the Fenian cycle, which is in the very first year of this podcast. It was the second cycle we ever looked at. So from about episode 12, I remember I was in America in 2019 recording most of the episodes of the Fenian cycle. Uh, And as I sit here today, it is 
May 2022. So like this is a good while and this is really, it feels so good to be returning to Fionn McCool, it re- especially after the incredibly fascinating and interesting and rewarding experience that was looking at Grainne Whale, Ireland's pirate queen over the past couple of months. But that was an immense challenge, especially considering it was a historical person we were dealing with. Uh, whereas returning to Fionn McCool is returning to the grassroots of this podcast. We haven't had a story about Fionn since we did the story of Fionn in the old man's house uh, when we were looking at Norse mythology, which is nearly about two years ago now, I think. So it's been a long time since we've met uh, good old Fionn McCool. And this is a big saga that wasn't covered when we did the first look at the Fenian cycle because it's not really a part of the original Fenian cycle. It's more of a newer story. By newer, I say that the first version of it was only written down in about the 1500s. Although, of course, like many of these tales, the oral tradition probably went, dated back hundreds of years on that. Um, But it is also a big tale, so this will be one that will be split into three, possibly four episodes I will try to make each of them as self-contained as possible so that you won't have to necessarily... Obviously, I hope everyone will listen to all of them, but I've tried to make it that these are very different tales and that they're telling different aspects of this story because there's a lot of characters, there's a lot to tell, a lot that I've sifted through. Um, Because another main reason why I hadn't looked at Ventry yet is I hadn't come across a good... uh, version of it that was extensive enough i'd seen an awful lot of summaries online um but never a proper old translation of the original text and i actually did find that online by a writer named john hawkins simpson from a book called poems of ushing the bard and the battle of ventry harbor uh, which i will put a link into the pdf of it it was just all there um it has a lot of stories in it um translations of what were meant to be, yes, Oshin, who's Fionn McCool's son and member of the Fianna, who was the poet of the Fianna. He is the one who recorded all of the stories. There seems to be a few that we haven't looked at before, so this could be the beginning of a whole new look at Fionn McCool, which is incredibly exciting, especially three and a half years into this podcast, whenever it feels like the world of mythology that I hadn't explored at the beginning, the more and more I cover of it. Uh, it's lovely. It's so rewarding when... It just keeps opening further and further, and there's more and more to look at. And so with that, let's get down to this story. This is the very first part of our Ventry saga. This is Ventry, the king of the world, on Fireside. Ventry, the king of the world. In the time of the great king, Cormac MacArt, grandson of Khan of the Hundred Battles, when Ireland was under the protection of the warrior clan known as the Fianna and their leader, the great and powerful Fionn Macool, There was a king in Rome named Dara Dun. Dara Dun had sailed the globe conquering every land he came across, from as close as France, Greece and Spain to as far away as India and lands lost to time. Dara Dun had conquered so many lands that he was now known as the monarch of the globe, the king of the world. The king had dominion over all lands except one, a tiny windy island in the northeast Atlantic Ocean known as Era. You might think that such a small nation as Ireland would be an easy victory for the mighty king of the world. 
but other nations were not under the protection of the Fianna. Other lands did not have Fionn Macul. So Daradon knew that Era was the last bastion, the final piece of the puzzle, and it would be not so easily won. So the King of Kings gathered all the other rulers under his command and informed them that the armies of the world would sail for war with Era. The King of the World asked, Is there any among you who know where the best place to land and attack this Fenian land? To everyone's surprise, the answer came in an Irish voice. I do. My name is Glass McDraven. You are Irish yourself, said Danadon. Why would I trust you? I am Irish by birth, but Fionn McCool is no friend of mine. I used to hunt with the Fianna, and one day I caught more deer than Fionn himself. The Fenian leader is meant to be the greatest hunter in the world, so he didn't like that I outdid him. So Fionn began to ask around about me, and heard a rumour that I was planning to assassinate the High King Cormac MacArt. For this Fionn banished me from my home. In my travels I have heard of you, Daradon, and I have come to join the army of the King of the World to have my revenge on Fionn MacCool. Daradon took the counsel of the scorned Glass MacDraven. The Irish exile told the king that the best place to take Ireland was the southwest harbour of Ventry, in County Kerry, just outside the picturesque town of Dingle. Glass told the king, If you anchor in Ventry Harbour, you can hold supremacy with your entire fleet, and Kerry is far from where the Fianna are camped. Fionn McCool will be several days behind the fight, giving you a significant upper hand. Glasmachtraven then told Daradon of the Tua de Danann, the old gods of Era, who had been displaced and driven underground by the mortal gales. Era is no longer the dominion of the gods. They have no interest in the affairs of this land anymore. It is the place of mortal men. And now it shall be the place of the monarch of the earth, said the king of the world. The first barge to run into the sand of Ventry Harbour was that of Daradon, and the first army ashore was the 400 men led by the king of Spain. The Spanish began to indiscriminately wipe out villages and burn the coastline down so that fire and blood ran hot and red. Long before this invasion had begun, it had been foretold that Era would be invaded by a multitude of the armies of the world. It was one of the main reasons the Fianna existed, a united army of mercenary warriors to protect their country from foreign enemies. But of course, no one knew when this invasion would happen, or where the enemy would land. So Fionn McCool had stationed sentries of the Fianna at every port and harbour on the island, so that wherever the armies of the world landed, there would be a guard there to warn his brethren. The sentry at Ventry Harbour was named Con Criher. Unfortunately, as Con had been stationed at the beautiful but never invaded Ventry Harbour for so long, when the forces of Daradon arrived, Con Criher was fast asleep. It was only when the armies of the King of Spain had set the harbour ablaze that Con was woken up by the sound of the women and children screaming. Con looked in ashamed horror at the massacre he had slept through. The Fianna man hastily put on his armour and vowed, 
For this disgrace to the Fianna and to Era, I forfeit my own life. But I will die fighting and take as many of these Spanish invaders down with me. Con Creher charged towards the beach, but he was intercepted by three young women. Con did not know in his rage if these women had been sent by Daradon or by the King of Spain, so he drew his sword and demanded they get out of his way. One of the women said, You will spill enough enemy blood today, Con Creher, without you slaying your own countrymen. Who are you? asked Con. We are three women who each have loved you from afar. But despite our rivalry, we do not resent each other. And we are here to put an enchanted cloud over you that will protect you in battle. We also live by a well. And if you are injured at all, come to our well and let us cleanse you in its waters. You will be as whole as the day you were born. Bolstered by this affection of three women, and now under an enchanted cloud with the promise of a magic well, Con Criher charged into battle against the four hundred men of the King of Spain. Every man fought bravely, but Con cut his way through each and every one until he got to the king himself. The Spanish king proved a stronger foe to Con than his men had been, but with one chance stroke Con cut the head off the King of Spain. Stamping the bloodied, severed head into the sands of Ventry, Con Criher called out to the king of the world that he would stand and fight and kill any man until the arrival of Fionn McCool. Daradon heard Con's claim and asked Glask MacDraven if the warrior was Oscar, son of the poet Oshin and grandson of Fionn McCool. Glask said he would go ashore to find out. Con Creher was very surprised to watch a man who was unmistakably from Era approach him on Ventry Beach, coming from the barge of Daradon. Who are you? asked Glaswith Revan of Con. I am Con Creher of Clan Boskna of the Fianna. Who are you, and what has caused a man of Era to betray his own people and fight for the king of the world? My name is Glaswith Revan. And if you are who you say you are, then we are family. I did not want to leave Era, but Fionn McCool threatened to kill me just because I was a finer hunter than he was, and maybe he heard that I wanted to assassinate the High King Cormac McCart. Concreher said, Even though you have taken up arms against your own people today, if you join me and fight for the Fianna, I promise you not only will Fionn McCool spare your life, but you will be welcomed as one of his own. I certainly will not take up arms against you, said Glasmithraven to his cousin, and to prove myself, I will go and take my leave of the king of the world. It showed the fear and respect that Glas truly had for Fionn McCool, that he would betray Era and lead the armies of Daradon to destroy the country, that he would so easily swap sides again. Yet at great personal risk, Glaskmithraven returned to the barge and told the king of the world, I cannot take up arms against my own family. I ask for your leave to fight with the Gaels. Daradon found he strangely respected Glaskmithraven for coming before him. Also, the king had already got all he needed out of this one man. Glas had led the armies of the world to a strategic point of Era's shores. Daradon could take it from here himself. The king granted permission, 
But just before Glass left the ship, he said one more thing. Also, if you wouldn't mind, could the next forces that you send ashore be that of the King of the Straits? He greatly insulted my people when you asked for his services, and the king said that he could defeat the Fiona and Fion himself. Obviously, I never said anything before because Fion was my enemy and you were my ally. But as long as I am fighting with the Gales, I would like to fight and kill the King of the Straits. Daradun said he would send the army of the King of the Straits ashore next if Glasmithraven agreed to come back ashore every night and inform Daradun of what had happened in battle that day. Glass agreed and took his leave. Now back ashore with his cousin and new ally, Glass and Con stood on Ventry Strand facing out towards the enemy. The next wave of 800 strong led by the King of the Straits came ashore. It was two against eight hundred, but it was two of the Fianna, two cousins at that who were on home soil and had a cause to fight for. Con cleaved his way through every foot soldier as Glasmuthraven fought his way to find the king of the straits himself. Once he found the king, Glas said, So your armies can defeat the Fianna all by themselves, can they? Look what just two of us have done to you this day and Glasmuthraven cut the head of the King of the Straits clean off. As the last of the latest wave of enemies were stabbed into the sand, the messenger of Fionn Macool arrived at Fentry on his routine rounds of Era. The messenger was horrified and excited by what he saw. Horrified by the bloodshed, but so excited to finally have an invasion to report to Fionn Macool. The friend-turned-foe-turned-friend, Glaskmithraven, told the messenger to ride as quickly as he could to Fionnmacool and tell him that the armies of Daradun, the king of the world, were at Aaron's shores. Also, said Glass, ride for the kingdom of my father. Who is your father? asked the messenger. He is Bo Darag, current king of the Toa de Danun. They normally will not fight with the mortal gales, but perhaps they will unite with us against the armies of the world. The messenger said he would go, but not before seeing some action himself and fighting for the Fianna. Con Criher then asked Glasmuthraven to guard the beach while he returned to the promised enchanted well where he would heal his wounds. The messenger and Glasmuthraven stood and awaited another wave of another army of another king and the young man proved himself capable of delivering much more than messages. He delivered deadly strokes of sword and spear until more heads and blood were mixed with the foam of Ventry Strand. The messenger then took his leave and rode to give the message of war to both Fionn Macool and the Tour de Danon. Glaskmuthraven was left alone at Ventry Harbour, guarding his own people, whom he had betrayed by inviting the armies of the world to Era's shores. But his conscience was clear. He would make amends and fight alongside the Fianna, or he would die trying. To be continued. This week's episode it has a sponsor. I'm absolutely delighted to be sponsored this week by the International 
Literature Festival in Dublin and the Dublin Literary Award. It's always, of course, incredibly nice to have sponsorship on this podcast and especially for something that I'm so interested in endorsing. I'm sorry to miss the, lit- the Literature Festival this year as I'm away in Australia. Um, but here's the ad for an award uh, for a festival I would love to be a part of, an award, who knows, that I would like to win. This is the ad for uh, the Dublin Literary Award 2022. Dublin Literary Award 2022, the most valuable award for writing and translation in the world, will announce its 27th winner on May 23rd. Stories by French, Irish, Michisagig Nishnabeg, Alderville First Nation Canadian, New Zealand and Nigerian authors have been chosen by library patrons all over the world, the people who know books best. For tickets to the Winner in Conversation event, go to dublinliteraryaward.ie. Fad Camp is a comedy podcast about the ridiculousness of fad diets and diet culture, hosted by me, Grace Mulvey, and me, Connor Dowling. If you have a body of any kind, chances are you've crossed paths with at least one of the bizarre diet trends we cover in our show. And between me and Connor, we have done nearly every fad diet there is. Juice cleansing. Fasting. The potato diet. Which is actually a real diet, by the way, and we don't recommend it. So join us as we try to make sense of the madness that is diet culture. Find Fad Camp everywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fad Camp Podcast. And that is the first part of the Battle of Ventry. That is the story of the King of the World on Fireside. And I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, it feels so good to be talking to Phil McCool again. And Phil McCool is not even in this episode. This is all this establishment of this great war coming towards. This justification for the existence of a warrior band like the Fianna in the first place. Because in stories of the, in the Fenian cycle, there are numerous allusions to Viking invasions and people coming from ashore, but mostly it's a lot of internal politics, the internal politics of Fionn's ascendancy to the ruler of the Fianna, his relationships with his son, with his grandson, with his love Saive, um, with the girl he was meant to marry, uh, Deirdre, and him and her running off with, or sorry, of uh, Dermot and Grania. Um but nothing like this, nothing that would really prove to... Uh, unite the Fianna against a foreign enemy and much less an army of the entire world. I love that it's Daradon is this king of Rome and has conquered everything when like for a time it was looking like Rome was going to conquer absolutely everything and did conquer the known world. Uh, and it's incredible to see that manifested in this this story, like like any nation's mythology that puts its own culture and its own people as, you know, the greatest in the world. And this justification of this tiny, tiny little island um, never invaded at this point. And at the, at a, especially during the ancient Roman times when Ireland was known as Hibernia, which was the land of always winter, and it was a land that... Julius Caesar never made it to so it was Ireland did remain unconquered by the Romans but for this tiny little island to be the last point uh, in, in the entire world that the king of the world conquers is such an incredible setup for a mythic story and the justification being that like around the world they've heard of Fionn McCool this incredible warrior and this leader of this this biker gang essentially that was the Fianna and for this to be the final final wave 
the main character, of course, in this first episode is the very interesting Glass McTraven, who uh, we're introduced to as a traitor, as an enemy. He's this Grima Wormtongue kind of figure where he has betrayed the Fianna because um, he hunted better than Fionn, and then Fionn asked around about him, and then he was apparently about to assassinate uh, Cormac Hart, the High King. Never actually said whether or not he was, presumably he was, if he seems like a kind of sneaky character who'll swap sides willy-nilly. It's not hard to believe that he was going to assassinate the king. So for this, he is banished and feels greatly hard done by for this. So joins the armies of the king of the world and uh, decides to land on Ventry Strand. Now, now Ventry Harbour is a place I have actually been, which is really nice to root. It's always nice when I can root something visually um, in any of these stories, if it's a place I've actually been. Um, which is just outside the perfect, perfect town of Dingle in County Kerry, as far southwest as you can drive down in Ireland. Um, it's, you know, it, it. I don't need to big up Dingle at all. Everyone who's ever been there or anyone who's even thought about coming to Ireland um, has has nearly always heard about Dingle. And it it lives up to absolutely everything. It is the village that looks like how I, how I think people think Ireland looks like. And it's incredibly well preserved. It is naturally like incredibly touristy now. But still, if you get there at the right time, even the right time of day, it's still so well preserved from its pubs to its food, the beautiful seafood you can get there um, to the absolutely breathtaking landscape that is that is the bay there. And as you look out over the Skellig Islands, where like uh, most recently the Star, Star Wars movies were made, uh, the island that Luke Skywalker um, is on in the, the country of Octu, uh, or the planet of Octu, that is Skellig Michael, Skellig Michal, which is the largest of the Skellig Islands, and all of those little huts that the little fish nun lads on that island live in, those are all actually there, and they have been for um, hundreds, if not a th- over a thousand years. Uh, so it's just absolutely breathtaking, and go there if you haven't. And uh, but it's great to be able to visualize that that this was the spot that uh, was decided as the vantage point to take the Fianna because the Fianna would be up in Leinster towards like the east. So this would be a good bit away and a good chance for the armies of the king of the world to gain military supremacy. And we meet this new figure of the Fianna, Con Critter, who's not someone uh, that we've encountered really in. Uh, in any of the other stories, he's not like a prominent member of the Fianna, like um, Conan Whale or anything like that, or uh, or Quilcha, the the runner. Um, but he is very prominent in this because he turns out to be a family member to Glass McDraven, and Glass McDraven goes ashore and finds that uh, he can't take up arms against his family. And Concreter says, "Listen." You've betrayed us, but if you say, if you fight with us now, Fionn will, per- Fionn will forgive you. And Glass just goes, yeah, absolutely. I really, it shows he either really doesn't believe in the cause of the of the king of the world can defeat Fionn McCool, that he would so easily take the opportunity. He's like, oh, if I can get off scot-free for this, absolutely, I will put all my eggs in the Fionn basket. And then he fights bravely and he goes back. This is my favorite part in the story. He goes back and asks his leave of the king and the king lets him. As long as he said, you be my spy, you be my scout and just report to me. Just say what's happened. Not even like 
just say who's alive, who's dead. Like, give me the the blow by blow, the commentary of the match each day, and then yeah, fine, fight for uh, whoever you want, which is incredible in its um, in the king knowing what the best use out of this one person could be, and his confidence and his arrogance in his own forces uh, that he so easily lets like who who proves to be a very very incredible warrior as he immediately joins the Fianna ranks of uh, being able to wipe out hundreds of people single-handedly. And a big thing in the saga uh, is everyone gets the head cut off. Big thing, uh, big thing inventory, especially these kings. Uh, gotta cut the head off. It's uh, it's like they're a zombie invasion, you know, gotta destroy that brain. And I love this image yeah, of Con Creher stamping the severed head of the King of Spain into the sands of Ventry. That's probably my favorite image in it. And then we get this messenger arrive at the end, seeing what's going on and going, okay, I'll run off and tell everyone, um, but I want some action myself. So he gets in on the action as well and fights another wave before running off to finally bring Fionn McCool into the story and also to tell the Tua de Danon. So it's very interesting that the Tua de Danon are here, of course, but they're not, they don't hold dominion. They have no love for the mortals, even though they are related to a lot of them. You know, Fionn is, is part part two of the Danon himself and uh, they but they are not interested so it's it's the can we bring this Deus Ex Machina can we bring these gods into the fight because they ultimately might be the only people who could be the deciding factor and that is that is this was quite hard as difficult as the Grania Whale stuff was to adapt there was actually quite nice breaks there was quite natural places i could break it up and uh, how the chapters were broken up in the book i adapted from Anne chambers book on grace o'malley um made it at least easier to see where the episodes would begin and end ventry flows quite a lot and it flows in a in a meandering kind of way i mean things are just kind of left and never brought back up again like in a lot of the versions of these myths um, but it became harder to, it flows so nicely into each other. It became harder to break it up and try and make these individual stories. But this seemed like the best place. Like we've had three waves, these three characters, and it seemed like a nice place to end it before Fionn McCool is brought into the fray. Um, but with that, I will wrap things up for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, you're even a tiny bit as excited as I am to be back with our old friend Fionn McCool um, in this wonderful, wonderful new section. Um, I look forward to seeing what happens over the next couple of weeks with this story. As always, let me know what your thoughts are, how you're enjoying it, if this is a story you know, if these are versions you've heard of, always let me know. I love hearing from each and every one of you. Next week, we're going to keep our normal formula. We're going to go back to a folktale next week. We have uh, a, great, a great story called Little Patty and the Weasel. But I found this really great uh, old school fairy tale. And then the week after that, we'll have part two of Ventry. And we'll go back and forth with that over the next couple of weeks for the three most likely four episodes on the Battle of Ventry. And then stories intermingled. And then we'll see how we go after that. Um, but I'm currently in a place called Dubbo in New South Wales, still on tour with the World of Musicals. Uh, we're well into the tour now, uh, still having an absolute ball. We're having a great time out here. Um, 
heading to Canberra, the country's capital, tomorrow. Another day off there. So I was just getting my one, two episodes of the podcast recorded, trying keeping on top of things as we go on. Um, but yes, I will wrap things up there. So please do follow me over on Instagram if you haven't done so already. Email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com or get me at firesidebard on Instagram. Buy my poetry book, Garden Sea. Thank you so much to everyone who continues to do so. There's more going out every week all over the world. I sent one to Chicago uh, this week. Uh, last week, I sent one to Minneapolis, which is Bob Dylan country. So it was basically like sending a book to Bob Dylan. It made me very, very happy to send one to Minnesota. Um, and uh, if you don't, you want to support the podcast directly, you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com where you can join Headstuff Plus and uh, work for as little as five euro a month or you can pay more if you want. You can gain access to bonus material as I'm distracted now because I just want to make it clear. I know Bob Dylan is from Duluth, Minnesota specifically just in case anyone thinks I just thought he was generally from the city. Um, I don't know why I felt just the compulsion to say that but just don't at me on that one. Um, I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.